I asked Jamal to be on the call with us today. Um, prior to the holidays, he had been out and called from the, we actually strategized the cases before he went, got some ideas, and then when he got to the home, he called. But he literally took a situation where there virtually was no sale and uh, managed in two different homes to walk out with three applications. And the story was so compelling when he called me after the, the appointment that we wanted him on this call today. Um, Jamel, let's take the first case that you went on with Bart. Uh, Bart had six kids. He was 39, had a couple hundred thousand dollars of life insurance, and he really felt that he had enough. But I wanted you to kind of share with us uh, a few of the details, not too in-depth, but a few of the details. How did you capture his attention to the point that he was willing to listen to a new idea that eventually resulted in a sale? Okay. Hey, Dick. Um, morning, everyone. So in Bart's particular situation, he was actually getting engaged to a woman with six kids, and he currently had three of his own. Uh, so it would be a total of nine children that he was responsible for at that time. And um, he he's a uh, construction worker. He does heavy machinery and uh, works on the, on the state roads um, out here in, in Florida and Georgia. And um, – and basically, he, you know, he has 100 acres of land. He has plenty of life insurance. And um, we had a conversation, and, and before we really got into details about what was going on, one of his actual kids had fallen out of a tree, and um, their fibula busted out of their, out of their, uh, out of their leg, so the bone was taken out. And it was kind of one of those situations where we were like, wow, um, so – what if something like that happened to you? He goes, well, you know, I can't work. I can't, can't do what I want to do because of, of the, the job that I have. And, um, it is, well, you, you have plenty of life insurance. Yeah. Okay. So if you, if you pass, um, everything's pretty much taken care of in that regards. Yeah. But what if you have a medical disability and he was 39, he was a little bit on the heavier side. Um, what if you, and, and he's more prone to heart attack, heart attack and stroke in that area. What if something like that happened to you and you were put out of work? How would how would you function? You know, you would get disability, of course, or maybe workers' comp or whatever the case may be. Um, but the reality of that situation is you're only going to get 60% of that total income that you would normally bring in. And, you know, that to him, I think that, that hit a button and was like, well, if I'm only going to get 60% of my income, who can live on 60% of their income? And I, and I always tell them, I don't know about you, but I, I can't live on 60% of my income. And uh, he disagreed and was like, yeah. I said, so let me show you how what we can do to protect that, protect that income. And I um, I kind of drew it out a little bit and, and showed him the the Americo HMS 125 um, CBO option uh, for 25 years. And um, we looked at his, his mortgage was a total of 200000 Now, his house was completely paid off. But um, the reason why he has a $200,000 mortgage is because, of course, he's marrying a woman with six kids, and he has to build an extension to his home. So he's adding bedrooms, multiple bedrooms, to his already four-bedroom house. Um, so, so basically, we, we kind of drew it up. Uh, we looked at 200000 We looked We looked at... Um, 
175 and we looked at 150,000. Uh, we did just a regular term. And I told him, I said, you know, we can do a straight term. You can get all the benefits and everything. But that's going to run you about anywhere from 60 to 120 bucks, um, depending on the amount that you go with. Uh, with with the living benefits, with the the uh, the ability to have the um, the medical disability, if you if you ever get heart attack, stroke, you have the critical illness um, disability um, information that goes with that, and, um, and you know basically just the benefits of critical illness, chronic illness, and terminal illness. They're they're there. They are. I said, but um, let me show you what the CBO does, and I said it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Uh, but at the same time, would you rather pay 60 to 120 bucks for a 20-year term policy and never see that money again, or would you rather have the option of basically uh, spending a little bit more, maybe you know between 20 to 50 bucks more than you would normally do per month on a policy, and have the opportunity to see that money again and be able to put that towards something like retirement? Um, paying off the rest of your mortgage earlier than, than in, within that 30-year time frame, maybe 25 years versus 30 years, or um, you know, just taking a trip or, or, or using the funds for anything. So we, we looked up the numbers. We did some quotes, and, and um, basically we agreed on 175000 You know, It's so a $200,000 loan, 175000 was, you know, was was good enough, um, and then it came out to be 125 bucks a month for him total. Um, if he were to do... Just HMS 125 with no CBO, it would have been about 60, 60 65, 70 bucks, uh, or 75, you know, depending on which amount he went with. And to him, it makes that I want my money back, even though it's cheaper to go with the regular 20-year term policy and still get the same benefit. It's better for him to receive his money back, um, and that's guaranteed. So he'll be uh, what? 71 when he gets his funds back, 61 when he gets his money back. And that, that's what really resonated with him. Let me ask you a question real quick because I hope everybody picked up on this. What you've witnessed here with Jamel today is he asked the first question exposing the pain. You know, if what happened to your son happened to you, what does life look like? And the client readily admitted not good. So, you know, we can tell them. I had this conversation with another agent yesterday. We have a tendency to go in and tell them what we've got and what it does and everything, but telling them without exposing the pain does, does not capture the sale. It just doesn't. So he started up there at the beginning of exposing the pain there, and then when he got to the retirement side, you know, if you don't use this, you've got this money back to add to your retirement. See, guys, one of the areas I think we're missing, especially when you run into this person that's got a couple hundred thousand and a 401k, they're thinking, I don't need insurance because I've got 200,000 in my 401k. And I would agree with them. You know, John, I kind of agree with you, but let me ask you this. If you have cancer, stroke, or heart attack and you use most, if not all, of that $200,000 to beat your cancer and to live on to prevent foreclosure, you know, while you're recuperating from the cancer, but you end up retiring broke, how do you feel about that? 
See, that's, that's, they're only looking at one side of the coin. So it's our job to expose the pain from both sides. And what, and what you're witnessing here with what Jamel has done is that's exactly what he's done. He's exposed the pain and then provided a solution. Because when you stop and think about it, if somebody's got a couple of hundred thousand dollars in a 401k and for a hundred dollars a month, they can get a plan that has living benefits that protects that 200000 and ensures they don't retire broke, who in their right mind wouldn't spend $3 a day to do that? But see, this is like playing t-ball. You know, when a kid's six, seven years old and they're just learning to play baseball, maybe five years old, they don't pitch the ball to them because it's too hard to hit. But what they do is they put that ball on a little stand so the kid only has to walk up there and whack the ball. And they whack it and they whack it and they whack it when they're five and six years old to the point when they're seven and eight, they've been used to whacking the ball and know the feel of what it is to thrill running around the bases. Now, when you pitch it to them, they can, they, they can hit it. And that's what we need to do here we need to point out the other side of the coin and we have the solution. So uh, job well done. Did you want to comment any more? Uh, and I think the way you introduce the money back, you know, uh, what, what, what you're seeing, what he did here is he established the value of the non-money back in the living benefits. But then he added one more level of value with the cash back and the point was, I don't care which one you get, you know, but this one here gives you the opportunity to see that money again. I love that statement, mm -hmm. to see that money again and recycle it a second time. And I guarantee you this guy knows he's not prepared for retirement. Guarantee it. So this, this was one more building block in his um, financial situation that needs to be addressed. Well, was there anything else you wanted to comment on that one before we go to the next one? Um, I would just say that, uh, you know, with him in particular, he did have life insurance already, um, and I, I took note of that. And I, you know, I taught, I, I wasn't trying to sell him life insurance, but what I was trying to do was just fulfill that need of if something happened. Um, and from there, I let him guide me on what he felt was manageable for his budget, and I just gave him the options. Um, I, and, I, and I showed him the, the cheaper options, and I showed him the, the CBO options, and I let him make that decision because it's not my decision, and that's what I told him. I said, it's not my decision ultimately. It's up to you. I said, if I were you, I would go with the CBO option because I want to get my money back. I said, but financially, I don't know your situation, so – you tell me what you want to do. And then that's really kind of takes the pressure off of me trying to close the sale and just allows them to make that decision that's best suited for him and his family. And like you said, his, his main point was the fact that, hey, I can use this for retirement. Hey, this is an extra savings. Hey, I am saving 125 bucks mandatory all the time. Oh, and by the way, if anything happens to me, my family is taken care of. And he was, you know, thank you, Jamel, for, for, for explaining this to me, I really appreciate it, I, and he, he felt really good about it. So that made me feel good as a as an agent, and at the same time, you know, um, you know, I, I took care of that family, and that's what we're here for. 
Well, that's classic. Expose the pain and come up with a couple of solutions and let them let them lead you to where they want to go. That's what selling's all about. Rather than telling them, you were selling them through the questions. Uh, job well done on that one. Now let's t take a look at the next couple. Uh, these people were a little bit older. They had uh, they led you to believe they had life and they had insurance, but it turns out it was a cancer policy that they thought went on forever but it was a return of premium, and Jamel picked up real quick. The moment they mentioned return of premium, he knew it was some type of a term because they don't give your money back at the end unless there's an end date to the term. So kind of guide us through here how you took that policy, that, that cancer plan. First off, you got the, to look at the policy and realize that it ended in 10 years. Take us from that point on to how you converted them to get that, those policies that you got. Sure. So the couple were 62 and 64, respectively. Um, they were fully retired. They had sold multiple properties um, and then relocated to southern Georgia. And um, kind of doing some digging, I found out that the husband had a full pension. So if anything happened to him, that transferred over to his wife. Um, the, they received Social Security, um, a little bit of that, but not much, and, um, and they did have a cancer policy. But I also uh, started asking questions about the policy itself. I said, well, well tell me more about that policy. What does it do? Is it, does it have a death benefit? Well, no, it doesn't. Well, what, did, what does it do? It's a cancer policy. Um, it, you know, it's supposed to last until however long. I said, well, how much is it? Oh, we pay about 100 bucks total between the both of us. I said, okay. I said, um, are you sure that um, it's not a term policy? They said, no, it's a, it's a ROP. I said, it's a return of premium. They were like, uh, yeah, so we get our money back if we don't use it. I said, well, um, I said, well honestly, uh, me, myself, I carry return of premium product. And I said, I guarantee you that every return of premium product that I have has an expiration date. Um, I've never seen a return of premium product that's, uh, that's uh, permanent. And I said, so if it's a return of premium cancer policy and there's no death benefit to it and you've had it for how long? They said, well, about 10 years. I said, so you probably have maybe 10 or 15 years left on that policy, depending on how long the term is. And then they started thinking about it. They said, well, I think it's a 20-year term policy. Now that, now that I'm really thinking about it, I think the guy said 20 years. I said, well, so do you guys see yourselves going anywhere in the next 10 years? You know, they're 62 and 64. No, absolutely not. That's okay. I said, well, the problem is, is that when you guys in 10 years have that policy and it expires, I said, the problem is when you try to get another policy of, uh, that's sort of like this, that it protects you in uh, cancer or even heart attack or stroke, um, and then that brought up another thing where the husband had a stroke four years prior to that, but that policy didn't cover it. And we talked about that a little bit, and I just said, well, you know, if you were to have a heart attack or stroke with, uh, with the policy that I'm going to recommend to you, that uh, it would cover that. It would help you out, help offset some of those medical expenses. And they were like, okay, great, because even though they have a full pension, even though they're fully retired and they have funds, you know, they still are living on that retirement, and they need to make that retirement last as long as possible. So they understand that we can't just go into our savings and into our retirement funds and take care of all these medical expenses 
um, when we can put something in place to help offset that um, unexpected influx of expenses. So what we did was we talked about the Eagle Premier Series, and I told him, I said, well, if you wait 10 years when that policy is up, here's the problem. You're 72 and you're 74. It's going to be a lot more expensive. And I just told them that. And they looked at me and I said, yeah. I said, so let me just, let me just show you what the Eagle Premier Series looks like. And I said, you guys really don't need a lot of you – don't, you don't need to worry about the death benefit so much because you have a lot of life insurance. They have – I think they had, between the two of them, they had almost half a million of life insurance through his work because he had a government job and they guaranteed him that. Um, and then she had a policy on herself. They did have some whole life insurance and, um, and, and stuff of that nature, but they didn't have any living benefits associated with any of those policies as well. So the problem was when the, when the cancer policy that they have that didn't protect him with a stroke four years prior um, – ends, even though they get their funds back, the problem was is that um, it wasn't so much about the death benefit, but it was more so about the living benefits. And Eagle Premier Series is probably the only um, policy that I know that is whole life uh, for seniors that will give them living benefits to help offset unexpected uh, medical expenses like heart attack, stroke, or cancer. And I, basically, I just drew up 10000 a piece which is about, I think, um, it, it came out to be 100 bucks total for the both of them. And um, I added it up, and I said, this is, this is how much it costs. I said, you cannot cancel this policy um, unless you cancel it. It doesn't expire. It's permanent. It's with you as long as you keep the policy. Uh, he said, it's 100 bucks a month. I said, yes, sir. And I said, well, let me show you what it looked like if you were 72 and 74 and you tried to come back and do this, and it was substantially greater. So when I showed them that, they thought about it, and they said, you know, it's only 100 bucks a month. Let's do it. Um, we wrote the policy on them, protected them, uh, so they know when they get the ROP product back that, um, the, or the, the, the funds back from their cancer policy that they have never been able to use, even though the, the, the husband had a stroke. Uh, when they get the funds back on that, that's more money that they can use for their retirement. And then this policy takes place of that cancer policy they have Oh, and by the way, if you have another heart attack, stroke, or anything of that nature, this time you actually are covered. Wow. What you've, what you've watched here, guys, is peeling the onion back just a little bit to expose. Now, those people, I guarantee you, had a little bit of a sales meeting before Jamel got there. Honey, I don't care how good this looks. We're not buying anything today. We've already got plenty of insurance. Now, that's, that's the elephant in the room we all try to ignore, but that's the case. And Jamel didn't get rattled by that. Now, they never said it, but they conveyed it. So he just went on, asked a few questions, peeled the onion back, found out that, yeah, the cancer policy is great. Don't get rid of it. You're going to get the money back, so that's a good thing. But the problem is, you know, what if you have another stroke? And that that was... That was an issue for him. And then he was able to locate a plan that easily fit into their budget. If you notice on both of these cases here, he, he tiptoed through the tulips very carefully to find a plan that comfortably fit their budget. 
and that's one of the keys to being an effective salesperson you know have a solution that's affordable for them and that changes with every client guys but he took the time to do that uh, job well done I, I do want to point out for those of you that are selling um, in military markets remember the Americo HMS 100 uh, is the only policy military people can buy because uh, the 125 has an accidental death with it and military people can't get that because of the prospect or potential of going into combat they're covered for the normal death benefit but they can't be covered for the accidental part so just keep that in mind if you're dealing with active military people at the time uh, Jamel thanks for taking time to to walk back through this with us and just give us an idea of because your life has changed mm -hmm. you know you you've moved to a different market you moved all the way from the west coast to the east coast a few few weeks ago and I mean this he just taken off like a rocket mm -hmm. so thank you very much and he has a conference ticket yeah so we'll get to see Jamel uh, in Orlando and uh, he was at the last conference and you can see the difference that it's made so thanks for taking the time Jamel and, uh, thanks for having me um, thank you uh, I wanted to go back um, and just kind of you know we're all going to the convention this week and I, I want everybody to be thinking about that you know let's go to the meeting looking with the attitude on idea if we're going to get something out of it we had a call with Barry this week and he was real big on taking the time he said I want people prepared I want this he said I know because he remembers when he first started uh, and he had that $250,000 roll-up and had to sell his home and buy a duplex and the rent of the duplex on one side paid his his whole mortgage and Pam went back to uh, nursing and at first she was a cashier for a while and then she was in nursing to buy groceries and pay the light bill he never drew a paycheck for over a year so he understands the sacrifice everybody's giving so he said I want everybody that comes to this to be able to go home with more value than it cost them to get there so when you're there these are some some ideas on what to do listen more than you talk you know after you ask your question listen to the answer you know plan now start putting a list together now of five people that you want to meet and ask a question of because you're probably only going to get to three or maybe four of them but take the time to put a, a plan together on people you've heard on the national call that's important uh, when you introduce yourself introduce yourself as you know I'm so-and-so on the Sylvester team and I had a couple questions for you because if you don't let them know who you are where your pedigree comes from a lot of times some of these people are suckers they just go to convention and ask questions well anybody you ask a question of and they know you're on the Sylvester team they know we are going to be helping their people so that carries a lot of weight for you so learn how to do this don't capital uh, just take their time you know ask your questions be concise and please don't tell them what you do they already know it doesn't work because they probably tried it or they've had agents have tried it so just ask your question and if you've got two questions when you start I'm on the Sylvester team I have two questions and give them both of them and then just listen 
and let them go when you're finished because there are, you know, a dozen other people that want to get to them, if not more. Uh, when, when the meetings end and we head to the room, I mean, I'm constantly asking, answering questions in the elevator all the way to the elevators, you know. So have respect for their time when you're doing that. Be precise when you ask your question. Uh, be on time to meetings, and on time means 15 minutes early. Um, be observant. You know, if you see somebody that says something that really resonates with you, great. But be observant so that you can go back and ask questions and that sort of thing. Uh, I just, just as a preparation for that. Uh, one other thing I'm going to recommend each of you do is reread Chapter 4 in How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling. <coughs> because Chapter 4 is where most people struggle. And Chapter 4 is where most people finally fail in sales and they end up getting out of the business. Um, I also wanted to remind you that we are simplifying, especially for new agents, we're simplifying um, what we're doing with carriers. Um, 